When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and HornFM.com with the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. We are rolling on. It is uh, three hours into four. Last hour of our show here at the Mullet Open, the 22nd playing. I'd like to be able to say 22nd annual, but uh, we had to skip that COVID year. Uh, knocked out a lot of things in 2020, but we're back and uh, bigger and better than ever with the Mullet Open. It's going to be a tremendous day of golf. It's going to be a muggy day of golf, no doubt about it. Uh, temperatures in the 90s with uh, humidity through the roof. But uh, our, our man who's sitting in in this hour, and at least for a little bit, very used to this uh, moisture and humidity. Mm-hmm. Our buddy Brad Kellner, who, of course, worked with us for a good while, did a great job with us producing our show, then the host on the radio station, and now doing some good stuff down in the uh, the great city of Houston. Hello, Brad Kellner. What's up, B? Humidity. You brought the humidity with you. That Thank you. sucks. I was hoping to avoid this for a couple of days, and, of course, I come up here, and I get the exact same thing. Going to wring out your shirt at the end, but uh, at least the sun's not out, at least for now. If the sun does peek through those sun clouds, it's going to become a scorching day. Let's just keep that cloud cover right there where it is. We'll be all good. Uh, wind is down, it appears, which means some low scores on the golf course, so it should be a lot of fun uh, up here. But, yes, and I, I told Bucky, I was chiding him, that you, know, you had to, we, we used to do this thing in July like oh. when we first started. Then June, which is around his birthday. And then, uh, you know, I mean, that's scorching now. It's middle of the summer in Texas. But then he's like, well, we got all the way to May 5th. Maybe we get one of these cool 80-degree days. And uh, that didn't happen. Speaking of scorching, I mean, Bucky got up five minutes before I sat down in this same chair, and the seat is still warm. It's disgusting. It's got a hot ass then, man. That's gross, man. I don't know. what on that thing? I don't know what to blame or what the cause of that is, but uh, I'm not comfortable right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real thing, I guess, with the buck, huh? I guess. Uh, Yeah, he tells it. Don't trust him sometimes. Got to be careful with those at his age. But uh, it's good to see you, man. Good to hear you. I know our audience loves it when you come back and be a part of this, support the buck. I saw Trey Elling is here, too, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's what this whole thing is about. So many folks who play in this tournament have played in every one of these tournaments, and um, they just come back again and again and again. It's not like a reunion that we do once a year. No doubt. Yeah, I'll be coming back to this thing for as long as this is a thing. I mean, Bucky has done such a great job with this over the years, and so many great sponsors come through. Looking at the silent auction right now, we've got some great gifts. The raffle this year is going to be spectacular. So, yeah, this is a lot of fun, and it's – it's, uh, it's kind of become the who's who of the Austin golf scene. I mean, it's, it's great to see some familiar faces and some new faces coming in each and every year. So, yeah, this is uh, awesome what the Buck has done with this thing, and it's great to uh, be a part of it once again. Yeah. I mean, every year we get the people that come on, I want to play, and, like, it's full already. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, because everybody that plays today will, bo- will rebook, and Jancy is here, and she runs this thing. They'll rebook. It'll be sold out by, by Sunday afternoon or Monday. Well, it's like Black Friday, you know. People just wait in line. They're just, like, <laughs> online well, before the registration even starts, just hoping to get in. 
in. Well, look at the cast of prizes out there in the yard. I mean, it's out the windows. It's People are walking away with Yeti coolers and kayaks and just dartboard I see over there, which is pretty cool, all kinds of great stuff. And everybody gets a prize at the Mullet Open. You may not win the tournament because there's some really good teams, and uh, uh, but you'll have a lot of fun. Yeah, you got to be nice to Bucky today because he'll rig the raffle. You know, he well, does that, that every year. So, yeah, if you're nice to him the day of, he'll, uh, he might hook you up with something good. Well, well, so you, you just tell him what you want. He's got you the covered. old man toot comments. <laughs> yeah, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm walking away with some coal today. That's all I'm getting. BK, Brad Kellner here. Now let's go through some, some conversations. I know we have many that we can catch up on, but I'm a Houston homer myself, having uh, eight, eight, from eight years old to 18 years old in Houston, so I'm a Houston uh, homer to all things. And uh, I, I know we talked last week uh, on ahead of the draft. You were at in Kansas City for the draft. So first, the sights, the sounds. How was it? How was it in comparison to Vegas the year previous? Man, it's awesome. If you ever get the chance to attend one of those in person, you absolutely should. It is such an awesome time. Football fans everywhere. It's like the NFL's version of Coachella. I mean, it really is. <laughs> That's it, a good way to put it. It's become a festival for football they have like 300,000 people over the weekend? 300,000 people. You've got all 32 fan bases represented. So obviously from the media side of things, it's really cool to get to work and to get up close and personal with those first-round draft picks. But, man, if you're a fan, hopefully at some point, I mean, it was in Dallas a couple of years ago. Hopefully it comes to Houston at some point within the next few years as well. But, yeah, make, make a plan to get to an NFL draft in person because it, uh, it is quite the experience, and it's a hell of a lot of fun regardless of what team you root for. I believe it's in Detroit next year. Yeah, Detroit. maybe don't go to that one. <laughs> maybe wait a couple of years so you could go to a better city. But, uh, yeah, at some point definitely try hey, to get Motown, there. Motown, uh, Dan Campbell may have the, the Lions competing this year after the, uh, the draft they had. Which was, uh, it was, that was one of those – Feast or famine draft. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Uh, we will talk about it. But for the Texans, obviously, we, we talked before we knew what they were going to do. Uh, you know, they can't not get a quarterback out of this draft, but we know they love Will Anderson. They end up with both. So I think for the first time in a long time, there was some excitement on the radio in Houston about the Texans. Um, give me your, your, what the re your reaction was and then the fan reaction, and then we can debate whether it was a good move or not. They're going for it. They are going for it. They've been the worst team in football over the last three years, and they're tired of losing. So, hey. They went for the franchise quarterback, and they went for the best defensive player in the draft. And it's almost like they couldn't decide on which guy they wanted, right? They loved Will Anderson. Uh, I've got on good record that he was their top-ranked player on their board. But they also, like you said, they realized they needed a franchise quarterback, right? They couldn't go into next season with Case Keenum and Davis Mills as the quarterback no. room and expect to compete at all in the AFC with how many good quarterbacks there are in that conference. So they're going for it, man. I mean, they obviously paid a pretty penny to move up from 12 to 3 to make sure they got those back-to-back -back picks to get both of those guys. But Texans fans are eager for a winner. I mean, that organization has just been in shambles at times over the last few years. So uh, they like to see the aggressive nature. And the good news is they don't have their own first-round pick, but they still have a first, a second, and a third next year. So it's not like they mortgaged their entire future to make this happen. So they're still in a good spot to build around C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, but obviously they're, uh, they're trying to make things happen right well, away. Well, and I, you gave me a stat that I didn't know. I watched the draft pretty closely, and uh, the Texans started the day with 12 draft picks, and they only used two of their actual own draft picks because Nick Casario was wheeling and dealing, and uh, the, the, the C.J. Stroud pick was their own, mm -hmm. and then, what would you say, a sixth-round pick that they had was their own. They acted like a team, and or Nick Casario acted like a general manager 
who feels like his team can, can compete and is not going to be up there in the top three to four in the draft next year, um, maybe because of the veterans they brought in, the, the Case Keenums and Dalton Schultz and Robert Woods and, um, you know, Devin Singletary, a running back. I mean, a lot of veteran players. Um, uh, Jimmy Ward in the defensive backfield mm-hmm. coming in with D'Amico Ryans, who's going to play safety for the Texans. So a lot of veteran players on one and short contracts, but with a, a young nucleus of players that they added to over this draft. But all the moves, like even Nick Casario drafting, the Texans were supposed to draft two and three in the third round, fourth round on day, the start of day three. Mm-hmm. And I wake up and I turn on the TV and they've traded both picks. Yeah. And now they're not drafting until, uh, you know, so he was wheeling and dealing, uh, got some good players. Uh, but give me so here's the question, right? Did they give up too much? Uh, you and I had this debate off the air. I'm assuming the conversation with Arizona went like this: uh, We'll give you X, X, and we'll give you Cleveland's first round pick next year. Mm-hmm. And Arizona said, No, we want your first round pick next year. And that, you know, we got the draft day with Sonny Weaver, man. It just went to the end. <laughs> and I think Arizona said, Look, we're not getting off this phone until we get your pick next year. And the Texans gave it up because look, I. I think most people on paper think Cleveland has a chance to be better than Houston, but that becomes the challenge now for the Texans is to be better than the Browns next year uh, because you own the Browns pick. Uh, speaking of draft day, I didn't see Jennifer Garner up there. Hey I wish now. I did. That would have been nice right there. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Look, the Texans are kind of betting on themselves with this deal, but you're right. I mean, I think if the Texans had the choice, they would have preferred to have given Arizona Cleveland's pick, but I think that was the final point of contention to get this deal across the finish line. So, look, I, I don't know if it's reasonable to expect the Texans have a better record than the Browns. I don't think that matters as much as the Texans not being a bottom three to five team in the NFL. Like if the Texans, they're Vegas over under right now. He is at six and a half. If the Texans go over that, they're going to be picking back end of the top 10 or early part of the tents. You're not getting a Caleb Williams or a Drake May or a Marvin Harrison Jr. Like Will Anderson is going to be better than any of those players. So the trade won't feel that bad because it's like, oh, well, we traded that pick to get a guy as good as Will Anderson when you move up. The problem is if the Texans are one of the worst teams in football again next year, then it's going to really, really sting because, yeah, obviously they don't have their yeah, first Arizona could be sitting there picking one and two, right, yeah. or one and three and, uh, you know, in a power position in a what people look at as a great draft with Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. and some great players. Uh, and, and that's why Arizona made the deal to trade out of the third pick. But in the end, as I said all week, Houston didn't make the trade for one player. They, trade, they made the trade to get two guys, yes. a franchise quarterback and the best player on their board. Uh, and, you know, can you fault them for it? Sure. I think you can find criticism at the same time for a team that's been that bad uh, to give their fans some hope. I already see billboards up in the city of Houston with those two guys. They've got some faces of the franchise now. And uh, your thoughts, though, on C.J. Stroud. And, and we know Will Anderson is the alpha's alpha. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming part of the reason they had him ranked so highly on their board was you know, D'Amico Ryan's conversation with Nick Saban and vice versa about sure. just what a leader he is. No one's going to outcompete him. I mean, he, he – the thing that Nick Saban has always said about Will Anderson, you know, he's one of those guys that changes the temperature in the room. Like, he changes how we go about things. Uh, even at Alabama, where the bar is really high, Will Anderson took the bar, bar higher. Here's some of that from C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, that ultra-competitive, uh, really drives the, the team. So maybe two not just good players, but really good leaders, which they need right now. Absolutely. And D'Amico Ryans has preached character ever since taking the job a couple of months ago, and that's been a big thing for the Texans as a whole over the last few years. They really value the type of guy 
the person is, not just the football player on the field, but the off-the-field stuff matters a lot for the Texans. So, look, ultimately, what, what's going to determine if this was a good trade is if C.J. Stroud's good, right? Yep. Like, Will Anderson's one of the safest players, also one of the best players in this draft. I don't have much doubt that he's going to go and start wreaking havoc right away on Sundays. But, yeah, whether or not the Texans are picking in the top three to five next year is going to depend on C.J. Stroud and how good he is right away because my expectation is he, that he's going to start all 17 games for the Texans. So can he hit the ground running and make things happen? Can he be that first Ohio State quarterback that comes into the league and has success? You know, at some point, like, it, it feels unfair to compare him to previous Ohio State quarterbacks because everybody's different. But why it's, like, a, a, an important talking point is well, you go from Columbus where you have the best offensive line in the country, and he's had Three the best. great receivers. Oh, my God, the last two years, right? Like, and the, the college wide receiver room at Columbus was better than a lot of NFL wide receiver rooms the last couple of years. So can he go to a situation where he's just got everything he needs around him to now, well, he's on one of the worst teams in all of football, and the Texans have a decent offensive line, but they don't have a true number one receiver. Can he go do what he did on Saturdays, on Sundays in the league? If he does, yeah, the Texans are going to be great. But if not, then that trade's going to sting, and the Texans are going to be in a tough spot. Uh, last thing on the Texans, or maybe two more things. Heard a lot of grumbling that maybe the ownership stepped in at the end and said, hey, no, you may want Will Anderson, but we have we can't roll the dice at 12 and not get a quarterback. How much of that is true that maybe Cal McNair said, look, y'all, uh, we have to get a quarterback. I know y'all love Will Anderson, but figure something out. Yeah, look, I, I don't really know who to believe. There was a pretty detailed story posted to ESPN.com yesterday that Nick Casario gave a quote that said, a couple of days before the draft, Cal McNair said, hey, do what you guys think is best. So the, the hope was, my hope always was, was Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans were smart enough to realize that they needed a quarterback. Yes. Right? Like, you just cannot win in today's NFL if you don't have a quarterback. And we don't know if C.J. Stroud's going to be a franchise guy, but we already know that this stage of Case Keenum and this stage of Davis Mills are not franchise quarterbacks. So the hope was that those guys came to a consensus on their own that, uh, that they were going to take a quarterback. So I'm sure Cal was a part of some of the conversations, but from what I've read, from what I've been told, it doesn't sound like he had to lay down the law to make that happen. Any other picks you like from the uh, Texans outside of the big two? I'm excited about Tank Dell, uh, the yeah. UH Cougar. Obviously, Houston fans who root for the Texans and the Cougs are pumped about him. Super undersized, but super fast. He's electric. He makes things happen both as a receiver and as a punt returner as well. So pretty excited about his game. And, yeah, for the most part, I thought the Texans had a, a good draft. They've had a pretty good offseason. I mean, the last couple of offseasons have been disastrous. Obviously, the Deshaun Watson situation put them in a tough spot. They haven't had a lot of money to spend the past couple of years. So uh, they got some good free agents. You talked about some of those guys earlier, and they did, uh, made some noise in the NFL draft this past weekend. So, yeah, there's more optimism and buzz in H-Town since – 2020 since they had that 24 to nothing lead in that second round playoff game against Kansas City it's been that long since people have felt this good about where the Texans are headed yeah uh, we'll see uh, where it goes and I also as I've said they play in a, a division that they can compete in I mean they're not playing in the in the Chiefs division or the AFC North they're playing where Jacksonville is the emerging power with Trevor Lawrence but Tennessee's in a rebuild mode and may have Will Levis playing quarterback uh, Ryan Tannehill, whatever that battle's going to be. And obviously, Indianapolis took Anthony Richardson. So all you know, three of the top four quarterbacks playing in that division as early starters. So it's one of those divisions where you, you, can, you can pile up some wins potentially if you can be the best of that bunch, uh, chasing Jacksonville. So uh, good stuff with BK. Uh, I do also would like – I saw where they had a press conference for Shaq Mason and for Jimmy Ward yesterday introducing them to the, te to the media. Mm -hmm. And I did not know this. The, their new offensive lineman, Shaq Mason, who they traded for from Tampa – his real name is Shaquille Olajuwon Mason. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Uh, and he says he's a hoopster, man. He grew up a big hoopster. His dad was a big basketball fan, and he coaches a little AAU team. 
uh, wherever he was. But yeah, Shaquille Olajuwon Mason. Man. Shaq Mason. You That's think the parents are disappointed <laughs> that he played football instead of basketball? No, just won a Super Bowl. You know, we won a couple of Super Bowls in New England with uh, Tom Brady. Uh, so I think they're doing fine. Yeah. But that's a great name. That's a great name. Man, no kidding. Yeah. So good for them. And they also drafted Kenyon Green, and they drafted Juice Scruggs, and they, they think their offensive line's coming together with those tackles. So he we'll should see. have changed his last name to Chamberlain. Shaquille uh, <laughs> Olajuwon Chamberlain. That should have been uh, what he went with. Somebody would have drafted him in the NBA just for that reason. <laughs> hey, uh, BK, Brad Kellner hanging with us here at the Mullet Open. Gets to get a little closer to home. Actually, before we go to the Longhorns and the Rodney Terry situation, what about uh, the Cowboys? How do you think the, their draft? Mozzie Smith, Luke, a couple of Michigan guys at the top. Feels like they had a nice draft. Feels like the Eagles may have separated a little bit more again with what they did. Yeah, man. Look, the Cowboys didn't do anything super sexy. Uh, when you take a defensive tackle in round one, it's not going to move the needle for a lot of fans. But anybody who watched the Cowboys play last year, knows that they had a tough time stopping the run. So Mozzie Smith only had, I think, half a sack during his career at Michigan. He's not going to provide too much in the sense of a pass rush, but first and second down, the Cowboys have needed somebody to eat up some linemen on the interior of that defensive line. So he's going to help out with that in a big, big way. Uh, just hope and praise not Taco Charlton, right? The last uh, first-round defensive lineman the Cowboys took out that of Michigan. Steven's fault. Did not go, did not go super well. But, uh, no, that's something the Cowboys needed. And then, look, Dalton Schultz left in free agency. Uh, reason to believe the Cowboys were going to take a tight end at some point. Not the biggest Luke Schoonmaker fan in the world, but uh, there's some hype and some buzz around him. My favorite pick the Cowboys made, I, I, I assume a lot of – Austin area folks feel the same Deuce. way. It's Deuce Vaughn, of course, played at Cedar Ridge, man, got to call his games back in high school back in the day, and hell of a kid, hell of a talent. Every Longhorn fan obviously saw that guy at K-State the last couple of years making things happen. So uh, love that pick. The Cowboys needed a running back after Zeke left and, of course, the Tony Pollard injury. So it kind of saved some of, the, uh, some of the draft with what they were able to do in the sixth round. So not the, uh, not the sexiest thing in the world. They're not showing up on a lot of draft winners lists, but they uh, address some holes, and uh, I think they're a better team right now than they were going into the offseason. Uh, problem, though, Philadelphia may be better, too, and that, you know, the DeAndre Swift trade and the, the Georgia kids, they've now drafted essentially over two drafts the guts of the one of the best college defenses the last 25 years. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll see. But uh, BK, talking NFL draft. I also like the Texans pick of Xavier Hutchinson there in the sixth round, too. Yeah, yeah. Another out of Iowa State. I like that pick, pick for them. Uh, he played a lot of good football. Just a technician, mm -hmm. but big kind of a guy that maybe can develop a, a relationship, C.J. Stroud. By the way, C.J. Stroud did say he and Tank Dell formed a good relationship at the Combine, mm -hmm. and he kind of encouraged the Texans. If you get a hold of Tank Dell, and the, te the Texans had t zeroed in on him as well, lightning quick uh, out of the University of Houston. Uh, all right, so uh, we, obviously this morning we've been paying our respects to the, to the passing of Lance Blanks. Mm. That was just a brutal piece of news yesterday. Awful. Uh, I couldn't believe I mean, you know, I don't know, say fortunately or unfortunately, I got a text during the show from someone who was asking the question, one of those curious texts you get, hey, have you heard anything about Lance Blanks? I was like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, he texted back with some, I uh, just hearing bad things and whatever. So I, I, I left the show, went home, and I was just hoping to not flip on the TV and or see something. And then we got a text from somebody at the radio station that, yeah, it's been confirmed. So just a terrible, terrible piece of news. So it was a really rough day for Rodney Terry because Rodney and, and uh, Lance are really close friends have been since Rodney was here the first time and uh, just, you know, just so, I mean, I think Rodney just became a grandfather, was about to, just, or excuse me, Lance just became a grandfather and also Rodney Terry lost his father before the season started last year mm -hmm. and the Chris Beard situation. Rodney's been through a lot, but uh, in his first chance to build this roster, uh, what do you make of what they're doing? They got two more commitments yesterday. Uh, Zarek Nyema, a kid from UTEP, who just provides, provides some depth on their, their uh, 
front line. Super, he's one of those seniors. Uh, but Rodney recruited him at Utah, so knows the player. Uh, he'll come in along with Dylan DeSue and Caden Shedrick up front. Also, uh, really excited about Chendel Weaver, or Chendel Weaver from uh, UT Arlington. Yeah. Was the WAC freshman of the year, and the coaching staff thinks he's got some uh, Serge Jabari Rice kind of game. 6'3", lean, can shoot it, can go to the basket, good, smart player who maybe got under-recruited coming out of uh, Mansfield Timberview. Man, if he's half as good as Sir Jabari Rice, then it feels like Texas got something because, man, Jabari Rice meant so much to this team last year. So They're good. Man, on the most consistent player. Yeah, both ends of the floor, right? He was one of the best players in the conference coming off the bench for Texas. So, yeah, look, it's obviously there's been a lot of attrition. There's been a lot of turnover. Uh, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but something very similar happened just two years ago around these parts, right? When we went from Shaka to Beard, Every commit in that class went somewhere else, and a bunch of guys transferred. I think Texas only had four or five scholarship players coming back from Shaka's last year to Beard's first year. So the roster looked really bleak going into the offseason, but obviously Beard was able to put together a really good squad in year one that was a six seed that won an NCAA tournament game, and then boom, we know what happened this past season. So, yeah, look, it, there's going to be some turnover. Obviously, some of the news that we've got in the Ron Holland situation sucks. But, uh, yeah, give, give Rodney Terry some time this offseason. There's going to be another portal addition or two, you would think, at some point in the not-too-distant future. And then uh, he's got to be given some time to build the program. But, obviously, yeah, we've had all sorts of news for Texas basketball, some good, some bad. But they're putting together a, a pretty nice roster right now. Well, and to the roster that's there, and I mean, the Max Acemas thing, the kid from Oral Roberts is a big one for them uh, in that backcourt. And, uh, you know, they, I think they think it's highly likely Tyrese Hunter is back. Uh, playing in that backcourt, which would be huge. And I do think uh, that the Ron Holland gut punch could lead to Dylan Mitchell coming back, uh, which could be big. Now, your Kansas Jayhawks adding Arterio Morris and the yeah. kid from Michigan. How about that? Bill Self saying, hey, let's load up. Yeah, he might need uh, more heart palpitations in the future. <laughs> My goodness, he's been on a mission. Yeah, that's, uh, that's some great gets for Kansas. They're obviously going to be good. It'll be, it'll be nice for Texas and nice for me personally when the Longhorns don't have to deal with Kansas anymore. Although Texas has fared well against the Jayhawks over the last couple of years. They've kind of had their number, but uh, Kansas has obviously been, been really good. They've had a good offseason too. So it's going to be tough, man, with the Cougs coming in as well. I mean, the Big 12 has been the best conference in college basketball over the last couple of years, and now you got UH in this league for, for one year with Texas in there too so it's going to be a, a fun but also really really competitive year coming up for our team all right well there's Brad Kellner with some good stuff all things uh, NFL draft Houston I said to you when you, when you weren't on the air yet when, when's Jose Abreu going to start hitting for the Astros I'm sure that's that's burning up the phone lines in Houston because the Astros fans are oh. even my mom is texting me can we get Yuli back please can we get Yuli back he's raking in Florida and Miami and uh Jose Abreu is not hitting his weight at this point. So, uh, wow. And they gave him a lot of money. What was it three years? Three years, 60 mil. Ooh. Yeah, all guaranteed, too, in Major League Baseball. And you know what? I think that – I'm sure you've talked – that was a Jim Crane move ahead of having the general manager in place. He just needs to get rid of that god-awful goatee thing that he has. I will say this for Astro fans that are struggling with Alex Bregman and Jose Abreu, by the way. Jose Abreu is a notoriously slow starter. In his history, you can look it up, notoriously slow, and by the end of the year, he's got big numbers. So I think that's what the Astros are banking on. But, mm -hmm. man, he is an absolute speed bump in the middle of their batting order right now. No kid. Uh, and Bregman's not helping much either, but uh, still above 500 with the Astros. BK, good to see you. Want to hang for a little while? As long as you thing. need me. If you have questions for BK, fire him in. We go at the text line. Ty's back at the studio uh, checking in with Brad Kellner, who's on site. Uh, Bucky, of course, running around getting things ready. We're inside two hours to tea time of the 22nd plane in the mullet open. We're coming right back.
It's Bucky and Aaron. Busy morning. It's the mullet open, and now the sun's out. That's going to make it even steamier outside oh. as it's cracked through the clouds uh, of the morning. But uh, that's all right. Golf tournament. That's what you expect in uh, Austin, Texas. It's going to be a little warm. We're actually near Bastrop, Texas. Uh, it is the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort. It is the Lost Pines Club, and it's the 22nd mullet open, uh, which tees off in about an hour and a half. It's 9.30 now, so about 11 o'clock, carts will go out. Brad Kellner, you, who's on your team? You playing? Are you no, lazy river in it? I'm not trying to hurt anybody today. Yeah, I'm come a on, safety man. liability out there. So what I do is I help set up a little bit. I come back on oh. the air, and then I go get drunk in the lazy river all day. This is the idea. How do I not get to do that? Can I do that? <laughs> come on, man. And at least this year, because uh, for folks who don't know, the, the Wolf Dan we, what used to be the Wolf Dancer Club, Wolf Dancer Golf Course, which is now called Lost Pines Club, and they've made some pretty dramatic changes. Four holes that you used to finish on are gone. Um, when you drive into the resort, there were four holes to the right of your, as you drove in, uh, south of the, of, the, uh, of the road towards Bastrop that have been taken out, and they've added four new holes that they carved up into the hills here. So wow. I've not played those holes. They took, they, those, those four holes, BK, will remind you, would have reminded you of playing golf in Houston. Real flat, and it was always near the end, and you'd be, like, on fire hot, <laughs> and you'd look over, and there'd be all those you know, bathing suits and the lazy river and the drinks with umbrellas, and you're like, what am I doing out here? <laughs> I got four holes to go. What am I doing? I could be in that river right now. But, uh, and it always would make you very jealous. But those are now gone. Be excited to see the new look of the course uh, for the first time for a lot of people today for new holes that have opened here this spring. Uh, but BK will be floating in the river, so I'll be jealous of you, my friend. How's your golf game these days? You playing at Onion Creek a lot still? Yeah, it's okay. I, I hit balls. I just been so busy. I really haven't had a lot of time to play you know, four or five hours here and there, but I still go up and hit the ball, hit the range, and uh, play a few holes here and there to keep the keep the game sharp. We'll see. It's a scramble, so you always screw your game up because you try to make perfect shots every time. But that's be fun. Quan Cosby today. Quan and uh, oh, nice. Isaiah's dad, Coach CC, will be playing. There we and, go. Uh, uh, the group drew. We're excited about it. So good stuff. Uh, we have been paying tribute and remembering our friend Lance Blanks this morning. Um, this read an interesting, I was reading a story Bobby Burton wrote over at Inside Texas, and Bobby's, uh, you know, middle 50s now, and so he was at Texas when, when you know, and this is, my, my friend group is about my age, 50 or a little older, and boy, the stories of, of uh, Run BMW or Longhorn BMW, the Blanks Bright Mays team at Texas, I mean, if you think about where Texas was in 1988-89, the football program stunk, the women's basketball program was really good, mm-hmm. and it was more popular. Baseball was good with Gus, but football and basketball just were kind of off the ma- off the map. There wasn't much going on, and uh, you know they hired Tom Penders. Tom Penders recruited a kid from uh, who had gone to Virginia named uh, Lance Blanks, and paired him with Joey Wright and Travis Mays, and it was run BMW man. It was a fun brand of basketball, and all of a sudden, uh, and all of a sudden. You know, they're playing Arkansas on their way to the Elite Eight in the Strollin-Nolan game, and people are lined up outside the Irwin Center for tickets. And uh, much like we saw this year with Rodney Terry and this group of Longhorns that ran to the Elite Eight, there was a, a gravitational pull of, of this team. And I've heard many a fan that is of my age, BK, say that 
that team in 1990 and then this team last year are my two favorite Longhorn teams. How about that? Yeah, that, that uh, BMW team was spectacular. Once we had Lance Blanks on campus for more than two years because he made some things happen in his two years on the 40. But you talked about it, man. I mean, that kind of put Texas basketball on the map in the late 80s, early 90s. So uh, heartbreaking news, man. I mean, obviously what he did on the court during his time at Texas was spectacular. A well-deserved Longhorn Hall of Honor member. But, uh, man, just the nicest dude in the world. I had the chance to interact with him a couple of times when I was doing media up in Austin. And uh, just super nice, super giving of his time, super charismatic. Always felt like a happy-go-lucky guy. And obviously uh, did great work on LHN on those basketball broadcasts too. So uh, tough, tough news, man. Um, awful story to read yesterday. And, Say it all the time, but don't say it enough. Tell your peoples you love them and, and, and check in on people and all the it. time because you, uh, you just never know what people are going through out there. So uh, awful, awful news and a sad day for the University of Texas community for sure. And as we said, he and Rodney Terry, close friends. That had to be a really, really tough situation for the whole program. It certainly was for anybody that knew Lance. Uh, no doubt about it. Brad Kellner with us. Look, uh, apparently there's somebody on the uh, Vaqueros hotline that wants to check in with you. Uh-oh. It's not your mother, I don't believe. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, who's on the line right here? What do we got? Hi, how you doing? This is Tom McKay. Actually, I've been, hey. I've been called worse than the mother before, Eric. <laughs> I was <laughs> making sure I did some letting him know his mom's not calling. What's up, Tom? <laughs> the, uh, I'm, doing good. I'm running on 13 hours in the last six days because of all the stars jumping back and forth. Oh, were you up there last night in Dallas? Oh, heck yeah. That was awesome. Got home at 345 this morning. Uh, it's all good. Man, what a Waiting game. Waiting on a client to show up for a meeting today, so I could have slept in, actually, if I was smart. Um, but anyway. You coming out here today? I'm going to try to make a shot at it. We're, uh, the, the wife is bringing the kid home for the summer uh, this evening, so I should have some time. Yeah. Right, I well, might have to come drag you out of the lazy river and, and see if I can't keep you sober for about 35 minutes at some point. <laughs> well, that's right, because you not only stay in the, you're staying here at the resort, so you get to, you can get drunk as you want. Oh, it's all good. Wobble over to the room mm -hmm. at the uh, at the end of that. Hey, Tom, the uh, the stars, man. Uh, even the series last night, they they coughed that first game up. Uh, Pavelski had four goals, and they still lose to this young upstart Kraken group. Uh, what are you feeling? You feeling all right? Just uh, one loss in a no. long series. Feeling very good about it. The uh, the Stars, strangely enough, have given up the first game in pretty much every playoff series they played since '99. So mm -hmm. I think we'll be just fine moving along. The Texas Stars are uh, they're off for a week and a half waiting on opponents because they're they've been sweeping everybody. So yeah, the Stars organization's looking really, really, really powerful here in the state of Texas. That's a good thing, and uh, you go, it's amazing. You go up to those games after a long day of work and then get home at 4 in the morning, and that's about when I'm getting up to get over here. That's, uh, that's a fan right there. That is a fan because uh, you can't just watch it on TV. you got to be there. Uh, you got, are your seats on the glass? Is that how that works? No, the Stars yeah. hit this up really well. We've got actually the same three seats in both arenas. We're in Section 107, Row H, or eight rows up from behind the penalty boxes. There you go. Hey, T-Mac, good to hear you, man. Tom McKay, audiovisual consultations, a big uh, – he gave away a TV yesterday at the Mini Mullet and that rifle, and now another one today, the big 86-incher here. Uh, somebody's going to have to have a pickup truck to get that thing home if they, if they win it today, but somebody <laughs> is going to win it. But uh, appreciate you being part of this as it, always. Let, if anybody needs help, by the way, getting that thing home, just let us know. We'll, we'll send somebody by to pick it up and bring it to them. I need another TV, Tom. You know I don't have <laughs> enough at my place, so I'm gonna, I might be stealing oh. that thing today. There you go. We can get you up to 16 TV sooner or later. All right. You guys have a great one. <laughs> All right, Tom. Uh, you get, too, Tom. Tom, get a nap and get yourself out here. 
help your customer first, though, when he shows up. Hey, BK, I haven't asked you. We talked a lot of a Houston sports scene things, but um, how do you like Houston? How do you like the H? You know, you were a Dallas area kid. Uh, I grew up in Houston but lived in the suburbs and spent some time down inside the loop, but uh, you're living the dream, my friend. It's like humid. It? It's humid. Uh, I'll never get used to that. But you don't? No, nah, it's been great to me. It really has. Uh, obviously, miss parts of Austin, but make it up here as often as I can. But, no, nah, I love my time in Houston. Uh, I love the work that I've been doing, and it's been really fun living down there. Obviously, the Astros winning the World Series was perfect. Blast. You know, a great time to, to go down there to cover that team. The other two professional teams in that town, not so much, but hopefully the Texans are on the up and up, and obviously the Rockets are hoping some ping pong balls bounce in their favor here next week to try to end up with Victor Webb and Yama. I know Spurs fans are obviously hoping the same thing goes for them too, but uh, nah, Houston's been been really good, been a lot of fun for me. Good restaurants, good nightlife, oh, good scene, man. you down with that? You know, it's it, it's terrible. I mean, it, it shouldn't surprise you, and I know it doesn't surprise you, but like for the first two months I lived down there, I was like, man, I, I really experimented with the restaurant scene, and I'm going to try a new restaurant every single day when Taco I'm here. Bell. And then no, within, within, Taco Bell. <laughs> within two months, it's Taco Bell and Whataburger and McDonald's, like every meal, like I'm the same person. So I, I definitely take the food scene for granted, but uh, it is nice, man. My folks live in Galveston, of course, so getting to go down there and fishing a lot, which is always always a good time but now it's a fun city man it really is one of the one of the biggest cities in the country so always always a lot to do i miss the heifers here in austin you know, God, i love them it's not the same it's not the same down there but uh now we're doing all right in the age man that's right well glad to hear it uh speaking of that basketball team the rockets uh it, you know, obviously we asked this question this morning do you think Ime Udoka woke up today saying Damn, they fired Mike. Budenholzer <laughs> got fired. Coach Bud got fired. Dang it, I could have had Giannis potentially because he would have been a lead candidate there too, you have to think, once you get through the personal issues out of Boston. That guy can flat coach it. And I think maybe some Celtic fans are figuring out just how big of a key he was to the finals run last year. Uh, but he getting a big-time coach like Ime Udoka, you know, his introductory press conference, he compared – some of the young talent in Houston to what he's had with the young Jalen Brown and the young Jason, uh, you know, Tatum. And uh, obviously you said it, the ping pong balls next week will be will be big. Yeah, Ime Udoka was being very nice comparing the Rockets to those guys because yeah. uh, I'm, not, I'm not seeing a lot of Jalen Green and Jason Tatum uh, comparisons out there. But, uh, yeah, look, the Rockets did the right thing. I mean, making the hire quickly, they were able to get in front of a couple of other teams, right? Every year – uh, 18 that gets bounced early in the playoffs fires their coach, and sometimes it's unexpected. And yeah, the Bucks had the best record in the league this year. They obviously won the title a couple of years ago. Kind of took me and a lot of other people by surprise that Coach Bud got let go. But I think you're right. Like I think Ime Odoka would have preferred to take the Bucks. I mean, who wouldn't? Giannis is maybe the best player in the world right now. So yeah, the Rockets by being on their P's and Q's early, they were able to get one of, if not the best coaching candidates this offseason, and hopefully that can uh, expedite this rebuild a little bit. Yeah, because Steven Silas was not very good. No, no, and, you know, you, you feel for him a little bit because when he took the job, he, he thought he was going to be coaching James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and then within the first month on the gig, both of those guys are out of town. So, uh, yeah, look, he, did, he didn't do a great job. The record obviously speaks for itself, but, uh, you know, he got a short end of a stick with some of the moves that they had made down there. Sure, yeah, they, were, they were tanking for this, this bit. Bingo, bingo. It's them and the Spurs in Detroit for the ping pong ball for Victor Wenbanyama, the 7-5 uh, seven seven player out of France. 
Uh, who are the other guys, if it's not Wenbanyama, if they get the second or third pick, who are, are there any other franchise-altering type of players? Certainly not to his level, but uh, another piece for the core. Yeah, Scoot Henderson is the guy who's more than likely going to go number two in this draft. You know, he plays point guard, so the interesting thing would be, you know, what do the Rockets do with their backcourt? Because they've got a pretty busy backcourt room right now. So, uh, where they have to move somebody to make that work. Obviously, there are talks about James Harden potentially wanting to come back in the offseason, which if that's the case and he does return, would you still go after a point guard? Because that's what James Harden is right now. So uh, Scoot Henderson is the guy who's probably going too. And then uh, obviously a lot of controversy surrounding this name, but Brandon Miller out of Alabama is a guy, I, I mean, I really like on the court. Off the court, maybe not so much, but on the court, uh, he makes some things happen. And there's some Kevin Durant comparisons. Look, he was about uh, a third as good as KD was in college. But he's long. He's got that lean frame. He can obviously shoot. He's about 6'9", 6'10". He can make some things happen, too. So Webinyama is obviously the best player in this draft. And he's, he's going to have that, like, Arch Manning recruiting effect e, to where, like, oh, if whatever team Webinyama goes to, it's like other free agents are going to want to go to that team. Like, he's that good. He's that generational of a talent. So uh, that will obviously make life easier. But if the Rockets don't end up, or the Spurs, obviously same conversation goes for them. If neither of those two Texas teams don't end up with the number one pick, there's still some impact players in this draft. Come on, just like the NFL draft. He, he don't want to go to Detroit. No. Uh, at least come to the state of Texas and see if you can rig that ping pong game for the, uh, for the H. Uh, BK, come back. We'll do one more thing. We'll talk a little Texas football because I just saw where some early preseason polls have the Longhorns in the top ten. Whoa. Uh, see if you agree with that assessment. And uh, Brad Kellner hanging out. Bucky's getting ready and uh, running around like a, a you-know-what with his head cut off. He's doing his thing, getting this thing ready to go. Tea time at 11 a.m. here in Bastrop. It's b &E on the Horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. Uh, B&E, final segment here, and we'll hand it off to Light the Tower coming up top of the hour. Ty Henderson is back in the Horn headquarters. T.Y., what's going on back there? Is uh, We got Craig Way and we got Jeff Howe. What's our, what's our lineup coming up with the uh, Light the Tower program? We never know from day to day. Uh, Craig is connected on the Comrex. I'm not awesome. sure about about Jeff, though. I'm, sure, I'm assuming he, he is going to be in studio. He'll be rolling in. Yeah, Jeff always rolls in at like 9.59, doesn't he? Later. Well, no, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's planned because he's got to drop his daughter off at school and and to get from San Marcos all the way up to the station, there can be traffic. I, I live it driving in from South Austin quite a bit. So uh, Jeff will be there, and it'll be good. Now, uh, i got to ask both of you this question. And uh, by the way, you're coming out here later, Ty, right? Your, your show's over, and you're, you know, you, but are you coming out for – you could hang out with, in the Lazy River with BK here <laughs> and then uh, get drunk and then eat dinner. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, the plan is to come out there around 4, um, bring my girlfriend, and I'm expecting a good time. So I'm excited. Good. All right, so uh, I had the debate earlier because we're, we, we announced a big concert this week, Aerosmith and Black Crows. I heard that. That's awesome. Yeah, right, and uh, it's going to be a good show. It's October. So the tickets for that go on sale in about 10 minutes uh, if you want to buy those. We gave some, we're giving some away at hornfm.com, so win them before you can buy them. But uh, I, I mentioned earlier that we're running a commercial in which it says the greatest American rock and roll band ever, Aerosmith. Oh. Coming back. Hold on now. I know. Well, that led to do us a good 8 o'clock hour debate. And uh, I needed to get your thought, because I know you're a fan of great classic rock and roll music. I think that comes from your father. You're a classic rock fan. Yes, sir. Our man Happy Jack on site's a big class. I mean, Happy Jack's like 20 years old, and he's a classic rock fan. Um, my nomination was, were two for best American rock and roll band. Uh, I put Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers in there, and then... Gosh, the Eagles or Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band? Which one are we going with? Uh, my old man would... 
ground me if I didn't say Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if he could still ground me because I'm 29 years old, but he'd <laughs> probably call in and get mad about something. So, uh, man, I got to see the boss for the first time a couple what of a weeks ago show. down in Houston, and he's still got it. I mean, he just nonstop for three hours. He wasn't wasting time. He wasn't telling it's stories. In great shape for a guy in the 60s. I'm too. telling you, man, just jamming out. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those are both those are both great choices. I throw Van Halen pretty high up there as well. Big fan of their work, but uh, yeah, man, Tom, Tom Petty, you can't go wrong. That, that'd probably be my choice. I'm lucky, man. I got to see Tom Petty's last ever show in Austin. I was with you. The, I wasn't with you, but I was there. At the drum a few years back. With so Gary that, Clark Jr. opening, which yeah. is a great, uh, great duo. And I think the Black Crows opening, because I've always said this, the Black Crows could have been the best American rock band ever if, they, if the Robinson brothers could get out of their own damn way. They did so many dumb things on their way. I mean, they were on their way, and they came out with Shake Your Moneymaker. And they followed it up with their second album, and it was equally big. They were the biggest thing going. And then they did just, just fought, fought the record label, did everything that a, uh, a marketing agent rep would tell you not to do. Uh, and then, you know, they kind of fell off the reservation. And then here comes Nirvana and Pearl Jam, and Black Crows is, oh. Because, you know, the record label was like, okay, screw y'all. <laughs> like, they wouldn't do radio station interviews. They wouldn't promote themselves. They were just rebels without a cause. And, but I still think if you stack the Black Crows stuff up, Back to back to back. The music was still good. They just weren't getting promoted and played on radio because, you know, you know one of the biggest mistakes they made, BK? Mm-mm. They put out an album called Amorica, and on the front cover was a girl in a bikini, a, a red, white, and blue American flag bikini. Okay. But there were pubic hairs showing, <laughs> and the marketing agents were saying, no, you, y'all can't put this out. Like, this is still back in the 90s with CDs. You cannot put this out. Uh-huh. And Chris Robinson was, no, th- you're, you're not telling us how to do our art and how to do our thing. Well, they put it out, and of course, at the time, the biggest place they sold records were places like Target and Walmart, and they wouldn't carry it. So their third record tanked because oh, of the cover. How about that? Not being carried. And you couldn't order them unless you were like Bucky getting the 90, like 99 CDs for a nickel or something. He was uh, <laughs> I feel like he's still doing that. And that was the beginning of the Chris Robinson Black Crows, and the brothers could never get along. But they are an awesome rock and roll band. But as far as impact over a long stretch, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and beyond, i got to go with you two. Um, the boss. What about the Beach Boys? Bucky, that was Bucky's pick. There you go. That's got to be in there and very strong. Van Halen is good. Speaking of Bucky, was that album cover a picture of that woman? What was the name of that woman that Bucky lived with back in the day? There's like three roommates that he always talked about. Ann Cummings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it a picture of her? No. Because he always talked about how hairy she was. Uh, a little bushy, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, and not what you want. No, I, I guess mean, back then I maybe it's I, what they wanted. I think but I have the Amorica cover here in my, uh, my handy-dandy uh, iTunes playlist. It was, it's a great album, too. That's the real sad part as far as the Black Crows go. I just ate a breakfast taco, man. I don't want to eat it again, all right? I don't know if I want to no, see I this mean, thing. You'll barely notice it, and I think that's what Chris <laughs> Robinson's uh, – <laughs> look at you. Uh, I think that's what his argument was. I mean, what are you, what are you getting mad at? See, there it is. That's the cover. Okay. You like that? No. Uh, not at all. Right, and that's what they told him. You can't do that. It's too risque. It's the it's the front of a woman's, and there's little hairs there and things, and they they didn't listen, and no one would sell their record, uh. even though it's a pretty damn good album. But uh, 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 so yeah, there you go. So we'll take your thoughts on that. Some of our, my buddy Chip Reeves over there at uh, uh, Texas Crew Production said, "Grateful Dead, the Grateful Dead." Okay. Yeah, I'm not as much of a deadhead as a lot of folks out there are, but I'm sure a lot of people are on Chip's side on that debate. Yeah. Aeros- say, Aerosmith cannot lay claim to that title. They're though. doing it. That's they're doing ridiculous. it in their commercial. Come on, man. They've been doing it since 1970. They did a lot of drugs, and they got together with uh, Run DMC and kind of rebranded themselves, started doing love ballads. And, you know, it's Steven Tyler. He's one, Steven Tyler is clearly one of the best front men of all time. He's got sure. that uh, Mick Jagger 
rock and roll vibe. Uh, also, I, I threw in there, in there that I don't think you can ignore is ZZ Top. Yeah. I mean, the, that little old band out of Texas has to be in the conversation for what they've done. Uh, so there, there we go with some rock and roll. Metallica, too, by the way. A lot of people mentioned who want to put their hat in the ring for Metallica if you're of that ilk. Hey, BK, Texas football, you've been around it. You went to Texas when they weren't any good. <laughs> I was hoping, like, right after I graduated, they would figure it out. And then I was hoping right after I moved, they would figure it out. And neither of those things really happened. Well, happens. have they figured it out becomes the question. Yeah, look, I, I hope. I'm, I'm optimistic. This is the most optimistic I've been about the Texas football program in a long time. So uh, it'd be really nice to win this conference on the way out the door, wouldn't it? Yeah, as Bucky would tell you, because he used to have a ring that was a championship. He win the first one and the last one. They didn't win enough in between. I think that would be fair to anybody's judgment based on the resources and what the University of Texas has to offer. But to win the first one and the last one would be pretty big. And they're odds favorites in Vegas to do just that. They're uh, preseason top ten in a lot of polls. I see where Jay Hartzell, the president's going to attend the SEC spring meetings to kind of make some relationships. There you go. There's still a Big 12 to uh, to win. BK, good to see you, man. Brad Kellner, tell folks how they can listen to your station down there in Houston if they want to jump on and uh, check it out. Absolutely. Well, keep listening to the horn up here, number one. Support these guys. But ESPN975.com is the website, and there's a uh, free app. Just search ESPN Houston in the App Store, and you can find that as well. That's where BK is. Trey Elling is here, going to play some golf today. It's good to see him. Yeah, watch always. out. If you're anywhere within five <laughs> miles of this golf course, watch out because Trey's playing today. Yeah, uh, Buck, great job. Burke Center for Youth, 50th birthday and anniversary. It's all going to benefit them. Uh, get out here if you're playing. It's about one hour to tee time. Ty, we'll see you here later. If you missed any part of our show, uh, make sure you go to the podcast page at hornfm.com. Light the tower coming next. Craigway live in Lawrence. Lawrence.